Welcome to the Aligned Women Podcast, a podcast to empower women in chiropractic to grow practices that work for their families. I'm Dr. Danielle Eaton. And I'm Dr. Shauna Dingman. We're two moms who are navigating the journey of life and practice just like you. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Aligned Women podcast. Dr. Shauna and I are excited to be here with you today, uh, sharing one of our favorite topics, which is reviewing and planning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shauna, how are you doing today? I'm a seven today. Yep. (laughs) I probably sound like it too. (sighs) (laughs) The big sigh. Well, for those of you listening who listen to the podcast on a regular basis, you know, Shauna's answer is usually an easy 10 out of 10. And sometimes I think it's even been higher than a 10 out of 10. Um, but you've been, I, I feel like you've been struggling with migraines. I don't know. I feel like it's been more often than usual, at least over the last few months yeah. since around the time that we went to California together in November. Yeah, it's really kicked up a notch. Honestly, Danielle, it's all this work you make me do on my laptop. It's Dang. killing me. <laughs> Oh, that's... I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> headache today. And uh, in like full disclosure, which is way too much information, it might also be a certain time of the month that typically makes me just a little bit flat. So, yeah, know. it totally does that to me as well. But you know what? That's why it's so important for us to talk about these things because as women who own businesses, we're not supposed to be emotional or we're not supposed to ever question or doubt ourselves. We're supposed to always be focused and on point right? But every time I get to the end of my menstrual cycle, like the end of those 28 days, I start thinking like, you know what? I'm doing everything wrong. I should just burn it all to the ground. I should just start over. Maybe I'm going to just open a restaurant instead. And then the new cycle starts and I just kind of feel like, oh, okay. I like, I'm back on track, but it happens almost every time. And for a while I wasn't aware. I just thought like I was doubting myself too much. Mm-hmm. I noticed that, that it's like cyclical. And so now I can recognize it and just be like, oh, okay, it's just a few days I need to get through. Hold on. Don't, don't make any changes or do anything drastic. It'll all be okay. Yeah. When I think of the number of fights I have picked with my husband <laughs> before I realized, oh, you know what? It's just, it's that part of my cycle and really whatever I'm feeling right now, it's not actually real. Oh my goodness. When I think of the number of late night conversations, I made that poor man <laughs> dissect our relationship and uh, what was going wrong and figure it out. And now I'm like, nah, it's fine. I just need to go to sleep for a while and not be around people. Yeah. Except for you. I can be around your shell. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's all good. And we are getting a massive blizzard here right now too. So like, you know, while I'm trying to focus on this podcast, I'm getting the school is calling me because even though they've canceled all the buses today, I'm supposed to still let them know that my kids are not going to be there for a planned absence because of bus cancellation. And I forgot to do that this morning. So I've got the high school calling me and then Jenna's calling me going, the high school's calling. They want to know where I am. Can you call them? And then Cole's calling me saying, my school is calling and his school is calling and Jenna's voice teacher is texting me going, do we need to reschedule her singing lesson? Cause there's no buses. I'm like, crap, I forgot. She's gotten a way to get there. Anyways, it's all good. It's all good. And I am not, 
I, my phone is on do not disturb so they can all just go to hell. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous that you're having a snow day. I don't know why. Uh, we Please don't be. Just not had that many snow days here. I feel yet. like this is about the dozenth in the last month. So it's, it's actually getting a little old and it's likely going to happen tomorrow too because it's supposed to snow all day and all night and into the morning tomorrow. So yeah, it seems like Tuesdays and Wednesdays up here where I am in Ontario are, they're just not school days anymore for kids. <laughs> okay. okay, well. On to our um, topic. Yes, on to our topic. So we're talking about reviewing the first quarter. Uh, at, when you hear this episode, it will be close to the end of the first quarter, not quite there yet. But hopefully when you hear this episode, you will hear it before the end of the quarter and um, you can take away some of the things that we share with you today and actually implement them. Before we dive into talking about how to review your first quarter, um, there's a thing that we have created a few months ago, actually, it was in 2018 called the quarter card and you can get your copy of the quarter card for free on our website. You can go over to alignedwomen.com forward slash quarter card, all one word, lowercase and grab your free copy there. Our members use this. Shauna and I use this. A lot of the ladies in our masterminds use the quarter card to help us stay focused and on track with our goals each quarter. So it's a one-page sheet. It's really simple to use. We've got a previous episode that walks you through how to map out your quarter card. Shauna and I actually did ours together one quarter yes. on the podcast. <laughs> um, you know, I've gotten to the point where now quarter to quarter, mine kind of just repeats. It's like almost automated, uh, but it's still a really important tool for me as well. If it's brand new for you, then you, yeah, you need to use it. Awesome. Yep. So print one off and you can print a second one off or photocopy your first one and just tape it somewhere where you're going to see it all the time. Mine goes on my bathroom mirror and the other one goes um, inside my day timer. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So for reviewing the first quarter, one of the big things that we want to be sure to talk with you about today, first and foremost, is making sure that your self-care is still on track. If you think back to the beginning of the year, what did you intend for yourself? Um, if you had set a goal of changing some of your, your nutrition or exercising more frequently, or to me right now, self-care is really just making time for me to be by myself. That is the thing that helps me to feel resourced and re-energizes me, um, that I'm really being intentional about maintaining it and not just doing it for a few weeks and, and then getting off track. Because trust me, my family will pull me off track and I let them as well, right? I have to, I have to be really intentional about maintaining my self-care routine and not letting it slide. You know, I think that we are all a lot like our patients where we have grand ideas January 1st of what we want to do, especially regarding self-care at the beginning of the year. And it's important to revisit that at this point, three months into the year and say, where am I at with this? Am I actually still doing it? You know, Danielle and I talk about it all the time. Self-care is one of the most important things that you can do for yourself as a human being, but even just as a business strategy, you need to fill your cup up. And there are lots of ways to do it. I was talking to a patient this morning 
She's a young mom. She's got three kids under the age of four. Like her oldest is not quite four yet. Wow. So we were talking about self-care and she brought it up. She said, this is the year that I want to really make sure that self-care is a priority. And I said, so tell me one thing that you have in place. So she's got some, she's got some great ideas. And the first thing she said is, well, it's really hard with three young kids. And I said, yeah, I guess, but everybody can do it if you're creative And if you have enough of a desire to, so if you are putting yourself last, I want to give you permission to put yourself first and put some things in place that allow you to just get out and be, be your, your womanly self for a little while every single week. Amen. Yeah. It's so easy to dismiss the importance of self-care and in every phase of business, everyone wants to do this, right? Like, so if you are dreaming up a new practice right now, after taking time off to raise your kids, or you're in the scale up phase, like you're thinking about opening a second or third location. It's really easy to go, well, I guess adding this to my plate means that I won't have as much free time and that's okay. But how long will it really be okay? And if you're like me, it's not that long. (laughs) It's not that long before I start to um, notice the effects, not only on myself, but also on my family too, because they get the biggest brunt of it. When I am overwhelmed and my nervous system is in sympathetic overdrive and I feel like I'm in fight or flight all day long, every day, they're the ones that are here taking the brunt of that from me. Yeah, for sure. And which is, is the busier you are in practice, the more you've got going on, you know, if you're in that scaling phase where you're adding in team and locations, the more you need self-care. Oh yes. The more people there are to drain it from you. So yes. Yes. And actually on the note of self-care, it's, this isn't directly self-care, but I think one of the things we should point out too is book time to actually review your quarter, like book a little bit of white space or really it's CEO time to sit down, put, put yourself on do not disturb, get rid of all the distractions and promise yourself an hour or two where you can actually go back. And the intention in that time is to go back and review where you've been and what's working and what's not working. So it really, it begins with putting it in your calendar. Yeah. And automating it on your calendar, because this isn't something you just do this quarter. It's something that you're going to need to repeat every quarter. So go ahead. Yes. Put it on your calendar for March, 2018. 2018. I'm in the past right now. 2019, 2020, 2021 and onward. And then do that every quarter too. Just let it repeat. Yeah. And when you, when you schedule it in ahead of everything else, it allows you to not schedule other things into that time. So Danielle and I have all of our quarterly planning sessions mapped out in our calendars already for 2019. I have all of my, um, my practice quarterly planning sessions booked out in my calendar as well. And my husband and I have quarterly planning sessions for our family and our collective chiropractic corporation booked out for the year as well. And that way, that's the only way it's going to happen because otherwise if we don't book it, we can have like, we can have a whole year go by and never have a planning session. Okay. Next, if you haven't done this yet, then go ahead and put your vacations or your time off on your calendar for this year. I have the last week of the year, like between the Christmas holiday and the new year holiday already blocked off on my calendar. I feel like I did this too late last year. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I also intended to take some time off in August, which kind of just eroded it. It was like, I never really put it on my calendar and committed to it and told other people about it. And so then I just kind of kept pushing it off until then it was suddenly like, there's no more August left (laughs) to take this time off. So then I just didn't really do it. Um, I would say that I did have a couple of lighter weeks in August because of that, but it wasn't what I had intended for it to be from the start. So if you haven't yet put time off on your schedule, then please do that. And it doesn't matter what phase of business you're in. You can make it happen. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So next then let's talk about what should you actually be reviewing for your practice? What are some of the metrics or the statistics that you would want to sit down and look at after the end of the first quarter or at the end of the first quarter? Yeah. So there's the usual, the core four patient visits, new patients, um, expenses and revenue. And then the more advanced um, statistics would be profit. So making sure you're looking at what is your income per visit and your cost per visit. And then the difference between those two is profit per, per visit. Are you getting more profitable? Are you getting less profitable? Is your profit staying the same? Um, doing a review too of, uh, there's a metric called density. And I think it's probably one of those little known metrics that to me is a very important metric because it is the measure of the number of individual patients you have in your practice. So most patient management software will give you that number. They may not call it density. Um, Mine is called, I think it's called unique patients. I could be wrong on that though. Don't quote me, Jane users. Um, But in the appointments reports, it'll tell me how many different patients I have. So what you do is you pick what is the, the time period that you want to look at. If somebody was in their, their minimum wellness schedule, say it's once a month, then that would be your time frame you're looking at. In a given month, how many individual patients do you have coming in? And you can imagine over time, you want that number to be increasing. So you want to see that your density is increased this quarter versus the last quarter of 2019 or 18. And the reason that's important is because the more breadth you have in your density, so the bigger the number your density is, the more the, the fewer fluctuations you're going to get in practice, right? If you have five families leave for summer vacation, for example, to disappear up to a cottage for the summer, if you have like, if you have 500 different patients in your practice, you're going to feel that a lot less than if you have 50 different patients in your practice. So density is a really important number. PVA or patient visit average is a really important number too, because what it tells you is how well do you retain patients? What's your retention like? And really the more you can build a retention-based practice, the fewer new patients you need to have. And it takes a lot of the stress off of driving traffic. Another one is case lifetime value. And really that's a lot related to PVA. The higher the PVA, the more case lifetime value. That's the amount of money that the average person will spend over the time that they're in your practice. And obviously if somebody stays there longer, they're going to have a larger case lifetime value. So those are, those are a few more advanced stats that I really like. Do you have any, any pet stats that you like, Danielle, that I didn't mention? Well, just a side note, whenever we talk about case lifetime value, I get super excited because one of the things that we can do to help increase our case lifetime value, besides increasing the patient visit average or how many 
visits we see a person for chiropractic care is to offer other products or services in our practice Mm -hmm. that they really want or need, right? So um, episode 88 is where we talk about how to increase revenue without adding office hours. So if you're thinking, well, how could I increase the case lifetime value for patients in my practice? Go check that one out. Okay, so after the, the core four of statistics to, pra- to track in your practice, uh, I think it's also important to look at what have you been doing for marketing? What have you been doing for community building? Is it working? Is it not working? Can you really know yet if it's working or not working? Do you need more time to evaluate? Sometimes there's just something that you're clearly hating doing <laughs> and it's not working. You can let that go. Just let it go. It's all good. But if there's something that's really working well, then how could you maximize that strategy or tactic and really make the most of that, which is already working well? Yeah. And that's, that's really doing, it's called a marketing return on investment or ROI analysis. And I hope that whenever you have a new patient come in, you're tracking how they found your office. So was it from a talk? Was it from an internal referral from another patient? Was it from a Facebook post that you did? Was it from a live video? Was it from a lead magnet, for example? Was it from a newspaper article? So when you look back at your quarter, you can look at all the different ways that people have found their way into your office. And what you want to look at is who are my ideal patients? How many of those people stayed And are they my ideal patient? So those are two really important questions to ask. And then what you can see is, are your marketing efforts worth the time and the money? That's another way of looking at how can I decrease my expenses? Get rid of any marketing that isn't working for you. Or maybe it's working, but it's bringing in the wrong patient. I'll give you an example Mm -hmm. of that, actually. When I started my practice here back in October, um, I had a, newspaper, a local newspaper contact me shortly after I started asking if I wanted to do monthly articles in their paper for free. Like, they're not going to charge me and I can do a health column, which was awesome. Um, and they just asked, you know, even if you can just put a business card size ad in, that would be the only cost associated with it, which is super cheap for a health column in a local newspaper. So I started doing that. So now I've had three months worth of newspaper articles and I've had lots of new patients from it. But the interesting thing is that the people who are coming in from the newspaper articles, they are not my ideal patient. Like when I really look at them and some of them are great patients, but there are a few people who have come in that they're just, they're not my super ideal patient. So now as I'm reviewing this quarter, what does that mean? Are they not wearing a cape? My super ideal patient. Well, my, so my ideal patient is a 35 year old mother of two who's struggling with, you know, low back pain and upper neck and shoulder pain. She just wants to feel better. She's low on energy. She, um, she just knows that she needs to do more for herself and she's ready to make that time, but she's still struggling with weight and she's struggling with motivation and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know, and she has the affluence to be able to pay for it. I do have another avatar, which would be sort of a 55-year-old woman who's newly retired. Kids are all gone. They have tons of disposable income, and she's realizing, okay, I've got the end of my life in view now here, and I've got a lot of stuff that's happening in my health. I need to make myself a priority. So I have some great patients in that avatar, but with that avatar also comes a lot of people with a lot of baggage that 
Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm really honest, I don't actually want to deal with, I like dealing with the young moms better. So um, like I said, some of my favorite patients are in that avatar, but I've had some calls and done some new patient visits recently where I'm like, oh, I do not know if I want to take this on. So when I look at, okay, why is that happening? I realize young people don't read the newspaper that much anymore. So the people who are reading this newspaper, they are typically older people. And so now my question is, okay, do I want to continue that? Do I want to continue that, but change the topic of what I'm doing to speak to a younger age group? So that's just something that I'm evaluating for the next quarter, for quarter two of um, 2019. I'm going to change the subject matter of the ads and then, or of the columns, and we'll see what kind of new patients that brings in. And if the new patient flow just stops, then I know that it's just not speaking to my ideal patient. And then I have to make the decision. Do I want to continue doing it for the people who do come in and appreciate them? Or do I want to stop it and put that money into a different, either a social media platform or some other thing? But that's, that's what we have to be doing. We have to be looking at what's bringing people in. Are they our ideal patients? What is the return on investment? Get rid of anything that's not working really well and pour more money into the things that are working excellently. At some point in the future, we should have a full conversation about how you are able to evaluate or decide, do you accept a patient into your practice or not? Uh, If you're listening right now, raise your hand if you accept every patient that calls to schedule or that books online. And that's probably a lot of our listeners. They're also probably thinking not all the patients that get on their schedule are patients that they really want to have on their schedule. And I know for me for a long, long time, we, we accepted every patient that we possibly could because we just needed to. The expenses of the practice were so high. Um, but I do not ever want to practice that way again, ever, 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 ever. But we need to share more with our listeners about how to do that, how to not have to see all the patients. Yeah, that's a, great, that's a great podcast episode to do. I'm making a note in my journal right now. <laughs> um, okay, so... Um, metrics. I think we've kind of covered everything we wanted to cover there. We talked about profit per visit, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, um, I think really the, the last point then is to discuss expenses. This is a good time to make sure that if you've let your expenses creep up a bit, that you are evaluating those expenses and looking at what could you eliminate to continually keep your costs down. When we were talking about this um, idea before recording this episode, I I know for myself, I do this. Like I'll sign up for something. Um, the, the thing that's on my brain right now is this service that connects PayPal with QuickBooks. And I find that it's really not necessary. And I just keep forgetting to actually discontinue the service. Mm-hmm. It's costing like $15 a month, which is not a lot of money. However, it's when you do that all over the place that it can really add up. And I know that if I'm not paying attention, I will let those kinds of things add up to larger amounts. So I do need to periodically look at the expenses and reduce things that are not necessary or that just aren't really feeling like the right fit because reducing your expenses is not a one and done kind of thing. It's ongoing. Yeah. And you know, there's two areas there that I think are really common places where we're overspending 
and deserves, you know, they deserve a, a look. The first is your staffing. Are you paying for staff that you don't actually need? Craig and I had this like really incredible conversation on the weekend about, you know, moving into the next chapter of our practice lives. And um, uh, Craig is my husband, by the way, he's a chiropractor. In his office, he has a very typical kind of wellness center. There's a couple of chiropractors. He's got a, a full-time chiropractic assistant and a part-time chiropractic assistant. We've got massage therapy. Um, so anyways, <clears throat> when I went and filled in there, I think it was about eight months ago for some reason. I don't know why, but I was there in the morning and I said to him after, you are paying your chiropractic assistant for so many hours and all she's doing is babysitting people. You do not, like you are wasting so much money on staffing and nothing again, like Karen is a wonderful chiropractic assistant. And at this point, our patients love her and they expect to see her, but there's so much automation available to patients in the practice that they don't actually need a person sitting there answering phones, rescheduling appointments. Like they're, they can do most of that themselves or what little they can't do, the chiropractors can do right back at their workstations on their touch screens. So, you know, another interesting conversation this weekend was just revisiting that and kind of looking forward. How do we want to change practice moving forward? Whereas for me, I have no staff whatsoever. So, um, you know, for him, it really highlights the difference between what automation can do versus the old model that we're working in. So I really challenge you to take a very good look at your team and ask yourself if you actually need all the, the team hours that you're paying for in the roles that they're doing. Can you divert some of those resources to, you know, maybe have your CA there, take part of it out of, um, patient care and have her do more virtual stuff, for example, or I don't know, like maybe you're look, you can look at it and see if I bring in this kind of patient management system, now I don't need to have a live person behind the desk all those hours. So that's something that I would really challenge you to take a look at. The other one is to do an insurance audit. I think a lot of people waste a lot of money on different insurances. And as chiropractors, we've got so many different kinds of insurance. Contact your insurance agent or your insurance agents ask them to review all of your policies and just ask them, are all of these necessary? And is there any way that I can either change deductibles or change something in the factors of my policies to bring down the monthly costs? And they may say no, but they may see policies that you have that you, know, you don't really need anymore. Or maybe it's uh, increasing the deductible on your car, for example, to significantly reduce your monthly payment. But those are good conversations to have with your insurance agent at least once a year. Yeah. And then you can also shop from one company to another too, to see if the rates that you have right now are really the lowest rates that you could have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My husband has been with the same homeowners and auto insurance for many, 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 many years. <laughs> and um, there was a point in time, probably like, I don't know, seven or six years ago, I was like, are you sure that we're really getting the best rates? Because I think you're just with this company by default. And then we did investigate a couple of others and lo and behold found that we were getting a lower rate than what the other companies could offer. But we haven't really reevaluated since then. And we've had a lot of changes. We now have a teenager who's driving a vehicle and has to be insured. Um, and we have a larger home and, you know, just other changes. We have a and we have a baby we've also added to the family. <laughs> so I don't know. It's time for us to reevaluate that as well. Yep. 
Okay. So we have essentially covered everything from self-care to money in this, in this episode. Um, the big thing is again, to make sure that you actually have the time scheduled to sit down and take a break and breathe and review things. There may be things that we haven't talked about that will be important for you and your practice to review on an ongoing basis. And that's okay. It's just a matter of making the time to do it. Yes. All right. So before we wrap this episode up, we want to share with you that we have a new session of our inspired mastermind starting the first week of April. And this group is for women who are in the dream up and startup phases of practice. That means that you are starting a new practice or you've just gotten started and you really want some support and some guidance on what in the world you're doing to grow your practice but grow it in a way that allows you to be present with your family and profitable in your business as well. If you would like to check out more details on this mastermind, head over to alignedwoman.com forward slash inspired. And if you feel called, then go ahead and submit an application. Your application, by the way, doesn't commit you to the mastermind. We really do review applications and make sure that we're putting together a group of women who feel like a good fit for working together as well as, working with us. And, um, now I'm like, Oh wait, what am I saying? <laughs> Dang it. Ah, um, 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 you're talking about the reviewing the application. It doesn't commit them. <clears throat> yes. And then what? Oh, the application deadline, the application deadline for this next session of inspired is March 28th. So be sure to submit your application right away because space is limited. Okay, that's a wrap for this episode. I hope that it's been helpful for you and we will catch you next week for another new episode of the Aligned Women Podcast. Take care. Thank you for joining us today on the Aligned Women Podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, we would love for you to head on over to iTunes and hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join the community of amazing women doctors in our free private Facebook group, Mama Chiropractors, by going to alignedwomen.com slash mama chiropractors. And if you'd love to fast track your success in life and practice, subscribe to the waitlist for the Aligned Women team group coaching membership by going to alignedwomen.com forward slash join. Have an amazing day and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Aligned Women podcast.